and welcome to You Made Me Watch That, where two film studies professors aim to expand each other's cinematic knowledge one recommendation at a time. I am your co-host, Colleen Kennedy-Carpot. And I am your co-host, Wickham Flanagan. And this episode, we are marking St. Valentine's Day uh, by focusing on my recommendation of When Harry Met Sally. And my recommendation of Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, so, Wickham, before we get into the movies, I yes. have um, a musical recreation of the moment when you pitched this to me. Um, if you don't mind. And if you were born within five years of 1980, now is your chance to smash on that fast forward 30 seconds mark. <clears throat> so you said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? I said, I think that would count as a rom-com. As I recall, I think I never did watch that. You said, well, that's the film that we've got. Thank you. I'm done. Yes. Please clap. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Um, Is that the actual lyrics? Uh, the charting single from One Hit Wonder, Deep Blue Something. Really? Um, 1996. Are they referencing it being a rom-com? No. <laughs> no. Lightly okay. revised. Okay. okay. To fit I was the like, wow, that's very prescient of them. No. To, uh, <laughs> no. What are, what are they doing? What about... But I will say that that song um, yeah. is probably the reason I never watched it. <laughs> What if it was the rendition that you did? Um, It was just meta commentating on the genre of film that it was. No, that's no. And then George Papard. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, that that song was everywhere in 1996. Directed by Blake Edwards. It's a great film. What if it was like just a song about Breakfast at Tiffany's and just recounted the plot in that in that same. Well, that, that would Melody. be a, a totally different song. I know. Would you enjoy it? Would you Would you watch know. the movie? Maybe, okay. It was just that song was so ubiquitous at the time. Tonal um, inconsistencies. Um, of yes. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's. So, um, so uh, shall we go chronologically um, by order of release and talk about Breakfast at Tiffany's first? Okay. Well, first of all, uh, rom- romantic comedies as a yes, genre. As a genre. Uh, as a genre. Breakfast at Tiffany's skirting the line a little bit. Uh, it happens mm-hmm. to be one of my favorite movies. So. Oh. Yes, really? I love this movie. Yes, okay. I love Breakfast Tiffany. Okay, I acknowledge its faults. Um, I also okay. should say I didn't even I did I said nothing. I, I acknowledge nothing. its faults, Colleen. You're gonna have to tell you, me what they you you telepathically conveyed <laughs> something. You um, caught me glowering. I no. just sang for you. <laughs> That's true. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I had laryngitis last week, and I sang for you. <laughs> I will sing for I'm you. I'm sorry to our listeners. No, no. Well, they skipped ahead. I hope so. Um, uh, no, I, I love this movie. Uh, I, what do you make of the, just the genre in general, though? Because, you know, I let a little romance into my heart now and then, um, you know. We just I, got done talking about poor things. We got to, very romantic mm. film. Um, I, <laughs> this is funny to say that. I, um, I enjoy a good rom-com every now and then, watching them, uh, usually with my mom, not to oh. make it super Freudian, I guess, um, <laughs> edible. Um, but like she, that's, that's kind of, that's her movies. You know, that's what she wants to watch, watching Gilmore Girls, watching, uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, Almost, fa- Almost Famous, which isn't really a, Almost a Famous. it's not really a romantic comedy, no. but it has romance and comedy in it. Yes. Um, so I, 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 I or, uh, My Best Friend's Wedding is an interesting example because it is very much an encapsulation of the Julia Roberts right. zeitgeist, um, my my main issue with that movie is it's both very funny and very sweet, but the, the, they don't ever really commingle. Mm. It, the, 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 the funny and sweet. The are, funny and sweet are often isolated. This is a funny sides scene. Sides of a coin as yes. opposed to a melded yin and yang. Yes, but it's it's good. I mean, a lot of people revere that romantic comedy. Um, and then and yeah, and I just missed the Harry Met Sally. How have train. you? I I don't know how, especially if you watch these with your mom. I don't know. It wasn't on her on her radar necessarily. How? But Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's Nora Ephron, who arguably, I mean, not even all that arguably, like the absolute queen of the romantic well, what comedy is, What genre. is her thing? She's a screenwriter? Yes. Okay. That's her yeah. main profession. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And she just wrote a, really, a lot of really good ones? She wrote some amazing stuff. I just looked her up. Um, we so are supposed to start with <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. We are but... supposed to start at Breakfast. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, Nora Ephron generally... 
Uh, I had her up here just a second ago. Uh, so her known for on IMDb, she's got Julie and Julia, which is not a rom-com. Uh, but it's a, it's a decent screenplay, and that's an adaptation of a best-selling book. Um, when Harry Met Sally, of course, she's known for that one. Of course. Um, Bewitched, weirdly, the movie um, rendition of Bewitched from 2005. She wrote that. Sleepless in Seattle, 93, which is the one Will of the- The Will Ferrell movie? Yeah, Bewitched, yeah. Yeah. The and, Nicole um, Kidman? Yeah, yeah. She wrote that? She wrote the Bewitched, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, why, I kind why of is enjoyed that. that. Why I, is that I saw the that one she's theaters. known for? I don't know. She did You've Got Mail, yes. um, which we were talking about yesterday. She mixed Nuts with Steve Martin. Um, what else? It's Complicated? Is that her? I think uh, if that's... With Meryl Streep and uh, Alec Baldwin? I th- it, um, no, because I think that was... At, she died in 2012. I know. I think that was maybe her last... Was it? I forget. I'm, that was another big rom com person yes. compl- coming back but and it's, doing it. But thing. I think, it, but it was, yeah. Um, Hold on. Hold on. We're, we're, this is the great part of the podcast where we look up <laughs> where stuff. We're just, yes, you get to listen to us. Oh, no, Nancy Myers. Nancy Myers. I get them confused. Yes. Well, what did Nancy Myers do? Nancy Myers has done a lot of other stuff. Is she, um, is she a rom com person too? Kind, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Nora, Nancy, Inns. Yes. yes okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think different generations here. Okay. Um, but no, Nora Ephron was a screenwriter. Um, she uh, did Silkwood um, in the early 80s. Again, across genres, yeah. not just for rom-coms. Horror films. But, yeah. but I mean, when Harry Met Sally is Ephron at her absolute peak with this genre, Rob Reiner is the director. Yes. And so he's coming off um, uh, Princess Bride and just, you know, the, that run of the 80s of Rob Reiner's films. Like, this is also one of those. So, I mean, it just, it, it. It reaches so many different peaks, <clears throat> especially at diners. But anyway, um, we'll get into it. Breakfast at Tiffany's um, is written, a key predecessor. Written by? Is it written by Blake Edwards? I don't I, or It's no. adapted from a book by is, Truman Capote. Yes, it is adapted from a... Um, I, I've seen alternate versions, a novel or novella. But anyway, yes, Truman Capote wrote it originally. George Peppered. Um, is this, George Peppard and Audrey Hepburn, of course, mostly Audrey yeah, Hepburn. Prepared, uh, George Axelrod, sorry, George Axelrod is the not the writing nominee. Yes, I was about nominated to say, did, for did the actor write the movie as well. No, George Axelrod um, adapted the source text. Okay, it was nominated for <clears throat> best writing screenplay based on material from another medium. So we were in that moment of the Oscars where they wouldn't just call it an adapted screenplay, <laughs> and it won for best music. Which, I Holy mean, mackerel. Henry Mancini, we used to be a proper country Wickham. <laughs> like, <laughs> you look seems at, like a bold proclamation. No, but you look at this. Make I, America great again? We what are just, you saying? We just, we, just, we just talked about the Oscars, and I'm looking at the songs, and the, the songs list for 2024 is bonkers. Yeah, it is. Uh, not a moon river amongst them. No. Yeah, no matter how much I love I'm Just Ken, which did get its nomination, I think it's going to lose out to the other Barbie. We song. already did our Oscars episode. I know, you're, you're... but we didn't talk about this. But okay. it's, I think it's going to lose out to the Barbie, okay. the other Barbie song, okay. Billie Eilish Barbie song. Moon River not nominated this year. It should be nominated every year. You like Moon River? It would, it would win so like sweet. half the time. I mean, it is. It's very sweet. Um, we, we played that at our wedding. Did you? Yeah. Because, you know, Alev is my Audrey Hepburn. Aw. I mean, they do look similar. Aw. Are, are we getting to the part where we have to yeah. say sweet things about our spouses? Well, no, we're getting to the part where I just say I'm in love with Audrey Hepburn. Oh. <laughs> and and Alev, okay. I do think, you know, has a striking resemblance. Um, but I um, I just really, I think, Breakfast at Tiffany's, directed by Blake Edwards. We should mention him. He directed the Pink Panther movies. Yes. And a bunch of other stuff. A bunch of other stuff. I associate him with Pink Panther uh, and this. Um uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, I just, I, I get caught up in in her. Uh, Holly Golightly, I think, is a very compelling, uh, complicated character. And I think she is effortlessly charming. And obviously the the costumes and, and her fashion sense and the concept of Breakfast at Tiffany's, just her whole way of having a tub that's also a couch and a cat that's named Cat and her sleeping mask, like every bit of her, how her character is sort of designed, but in just her portrayal by um, Audrey is just pitch pitch perfect. She's effortlessly charming. There was some book about charm. I forget 
uh, I was I'm quoting something I don't know uh, where they were talking about like the most effortlessly charming actors, people like Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn, who were in a movie together called yes. Charade. You made me watch that. Where um, Cary Grant, it's it is like an it's like an act. He has to put on Cary mm-hmm. essentially, and apparently Audrey Hepburn is just like that. <laughs> so she she is just kind of effortlessly, and and the movie does require her to be fairly dramatic a lot of times. Um, and I would say Breakfast at Tiffany's is it, it just it fluctuates wildly between very, very emotionally devastating scenes and very funny, whimsical scenes. And she can handle them both very well. But yep. she is just very effortlessly magnetic yeah. in the role. I'm going to start telling people I was at Holly Golightly's party that got busted by the cops. And you set fire to that woman's hair. Yeah. 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 That was me. <laughs> that was you. That was me. To the Henry Mancini music, which right. is a fantastic yeah. score. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Johnny Knoxville has gone on record as saying they listen to that score before they do their jackass stunts. Or at the very least, he listens to it. He's a huge fan of the Breakfast at Tiffany soundtrack. And see, okay. <laughs> jackass should do a rom-com. What, what makes you think that they're not a rom-coms already? Well, that's, that, it's that's about a their good camaraderie. Point. Yeah, not, yeah. Okay, but that's not the same. That's not the same as a rom-com. You're saying that Jackass isn't the same as Breakfast at Tiffany's? Uh, you, anyway. You would know a lot more about... Both of them. That. Um, yeah. But but Breakfast at Tiffany's, yes, I guess I, I, I fall in love. Um, and, and and I think that as a part of rom-coms in general, is you, you find that you love either one half or the pairing that is in play. And you, you want to see them be happy. Isn't that part of the rom-com experience? I guess, yeah. Ideally, you root for them both. Ideally. Um, and George, Greg, what's his name? <laughs> Let's go with Greg. Greg uh, Peppard. George Peppard. George Peppard. Um, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay. I was. Ra- I would rather it was me. He's, he's, um, well, he's, some people are just in this for the negging, aren't they? She spends the entire film calling him Fred. Right. Because that's her brother's name. Which is complicated. Which is, that's one way of putting it. Um <laughs> And and yet he sticks around and falls under her spell and by you know insists by the end that she actually uses real name, which I don't remember what it is. Yeah. She keeps calling. Him I Fred, like how we so. just are just crapping on this guy. We're no, negging no, him in the movie. Yeah, well, he's good. Uh, yeah, but but um, he's not falling in love with us, Wickham. No, uh, I I would I guess I would rather it was me in the film. This right. is an example of I can fix her. For sure, of like sort of Holly, you you you. And it's it's a it's a problematic it's no, a problematic it's, thing in the context I, yeah. of the Truman Capote book. No, I think it's 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 only funny when like this person will not be fixed, and like there's hope for her. Yes, and there's hope for her insofar as she's also fixing herself. So my favorite sequence is the New York Public Library when yes. he takes her to the library. She's just like, wow, and I'm also like, wow, and it's a card catalog with actual cards. And again, like I'll just you know. I'll take one foot back out of the grave and start talking about the amazingness of libraries. But, you know, she ends up there of her own accord to do actual research yes. later. He finds her there. So it's, you know, she is being led around yeah. and, you know, kind of opening herself to these interventions that are at least quasi-romantic in nature. Um, but then uses what she learns for yes. her own self-advancement. Like So she doesn't need to be helped. That's the thing. I mean, the, I can fix her, I can fix him is when you don't actually want to do that <laughs> because you would spoil everything that's Well, by great. the end, it feels like that, that that is the major shift is that he is essentially saying that you need me. And I, I guess, don't buy that for a second. And part of us is going, no. No, you know. <laughs> and I think that yeah. is inherently what the Truman Capote book explores is that she essentially does her own thing. By hmm. the end, she goes off and goes to Brazil. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, from what I've uh, heard about it. And so, but part of me wants them in the rain with the cat. So, I. <laughs> well, I have a new appreciation for Inside Lewin Davis, if nothing yes, else, after watching training. this. Yeah, well, that's why they had an orange tabby. I mean, could have been a gray tabby. But, but no. then it would get lost in the storm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, I, and it also wouldn't harken back to Breakfast at Tiffany's. So. I know. Is that what Inside Moon the Wall Davis? of Davis is doing? 
he, he loses the cat that is he's it a, cat sitting and it's it, an orange tabby. Okay. Yeah. I don't really see much of a connection between those two movies other than the cat. The, the cat, yeah. But that's what I mean. It's the cat. Is he Holly Golightly in the scenario? Uh, <laughs> an extremely depressing and <laughs> yes. depressive version, kind of. <laughs> he, yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so the movie's downfall, uh, you know, aside from giving in to its, its kind of... Yes, you need to be married, Holly. I should say, can I can I shout out my own work? Please. Because uh, it's not on my channel. I collaborated with, I believe she was a painter named uh, Ann Dawkins. I don't know if she remembers me or likes me very much, but we collaborated on a project together. How long ago was this? This was in grad school called Projection of Patriarchy. Okay. Um, which, because she was way into romantic comedies like A Harry Met Sally. So part of the stuff I've seen of Harry Met Sally was in making this. I see. Um, and we essentially did like a sizzle reel. I can show it to you sometime. Yeah, love to see um, it. Of the kind of man asserting a form of dominance or a woman asserting a form of submissiveness in the context of some sort of profound romance, uh, from what I remember. Uh, and and that these movies are perpetuating these rhetoric. So I, I use the clip from um, Breakfast at Tiffany's where he's saying like, "You've you've done this to yourself, blah blah blah, and you you you've, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you need me." And and then she puts on the ring, and it's mo- meant to be this moment where we go, "Oh, thank God!" But at some point we're like, yeah. "No, lady, move yeah. on." Um, and probably I would feel more that way. But again, it's like we need the kissing in the rain bit. Um, and Harry Met Sally has a few of those as well. And we just put that in there. And we did like a sizzle cut and juxtaposing it with like Rosemary's Baby and something more twisted. Rosemary's Baby. Oh, well, that's okay. That's a whole other thing. Yep. So I would recommend you check that out because that uh, I feel like that has informed at least some part of my opinion of Breakfast at Tiffany's. But there's just so much going on with her character. As, as just a character study, it's hard to deny how effective like the the – her former husband yeah like that comes out of nowhere it does and it's oh she i married her and she was 14 at the time and you're just like what ah! <laughs> i mean even for 1961 that's that's some real questionable behavior and he keeps going on she needs to be at home with her with her brother her family her children her children yeah <laughs> like it's just oh, this deluded guy who was originally the guy who was a built uh, Beverly Hillbilly, ah, who was okay. going to originally be the Tin Man in Wizard of Oz. Ah, okay. Forget his name. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, so, she's like, oh, that was annulled years ago. <laughs> you think, thank God, but oh my, who's... Throwing this into the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were just having a fun party where someone's hair was getting burned, and now <laughs> we're dealing with this guy. Yep. Um, but it's handled in this kind of sweet way of how she has to say goodbye. And yes. It, it's... And then, yeah, and then the breakdown, her sort of emotional breakdown with finding out about her brother. So it's it's this constant sort of emotional whiplash. And I wouldn't yeah. say that it's particularly consistent. We haven't gotten oh. to the yellow face stuff. Oh. Um, Mickey Rooney as a really awful uh, Asian stereotype. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, and, and that has to come straight from the Capote, I would guess. I don't know. Because the whole movie is totally fine without it. Yeah. You know, it, it, that feels like it's somebody's fealty to the novel. I want to do an edit of the movie and edit that out. You, you, probably there's already one. And I would, do an I edit, would not be at all surprised. Edit that out and edit her going to Brazil. To be oh. with the man who shows up in Cleo. Ah. That's the Cleo man who okay. shows up with Cleo. Do you see the connection with Cleo? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. thought you would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cleo came out the next, the following year. Okay. So this is right around, like... Varda's... Contemporary, yep. Ripping off Breakfast at Tiffany's. Is that what you're saying? And that's not what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> feminine uh, independence is always in style. Okay, uh, good. Um, the circumstances of Cleo's discovery are quite different. I like the fact that they're both kind of prostitutes, essentially. Oh, yeah. That's I was kind very of surprised dark. by this. Yes. It's just like, oh, so he's a gigolo. Yeah. <laughs> he's a kept man. <laughs> Go figure. It, may, I mean, it makes it look very attractive. You know, you get to hang out in, I mean, in your yeah, apartment. So it, the, yeah. I'm like, what's going on in this building? <laughs> like, is, uh, this, is this every other building in New York? Yeah, yeah. But like, it's a bit maybe. it's a bit edgier for the, you know, the period. Yeah. When, did, when did Breakfast at Tiffany's come out? 61. 61. So that, that's a bit of the Truman Capote-ness, maybe. I guess, yeah. yeah kind of yeah, coming yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. She, she has There's, these little liaisons with men. 
and yeah. the coat room, I think they call that. Mm. And you're like, Ugh, what, yeah, is, what is that yeah. about? Yeah. Um, no, I uh, I appreciate the the kind of dark elements to it and the, the the kind of weird emotional swings. And I do think that it, for me, again, it, you know, not to be purely you know focused on Audrey, it, it has a lot to do with her character yeah. and her portrayal of that character. And that is why that is the symbol of her with the. I mean, it has endured beyond even the movie. People know the image of Audrey with the cigarette holder. Yes. Um, beyond even having seen the movie, no, and that's of course, why that yeah. and that's why that party scene stands out. Yeah. Um, her whole, fashion. but that's not what I. I mean, you, if if all you know of that movie is yeah, her and the cigarette yeah, holder, yeah, yeah. Like you would imagine it's like some gala ball, right? Or and it's not at all no, any no. of this. But there's, She's there's so a much real, more, yeah. Know, I mean, so the, the, these iconic images from the movie, and especially the way it feeds into Audrey Hepburn's star image, it's so divorced from what the movie is actually doing. It's it's it's, it's, it's distracting. I think. If you're watching it for the first time, you know, 60-some years later, as as I am. Did you ever see uh, um, Roman Holiday? I've not seen Roman Holiday either. That's another great um, romantic comedy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably more romance than this one. Um, yeah. But, the, I mean, this this sort of disjointed nature to the film really reminded me of what Umberto Eco says about cult films. Yeah. Um, when he, he talks about Casablanca as his example. Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, key disjunctures in there. But, you know, Eco's idea about cult films is that it is textual, primarily. Like, there are disjunctures in the text that allow these sort of openings and that we can't ever really quite grasp all of it together, put it all together Moon River, so that it fits. Cigarette holder. Yes, yeah. it is it is just, just, you know, it's a bunch of signifiers sort of tied loosely together, in this case by the star image that is Audrey Hepburn. Cat. A cat yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it 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 comes out as something really interesting, but I mean, a lot of those details just get so lost when you try to think back on it because now it's like it's it's well, even it's but, Breakfast at Tiffany's. It was a terrible one hit wonder from the mid 90s. <laughs> I think, you know, it's that's the thing. Like it's got this cultural weight to it that seems so divorced from the film itself. Yeah. Yeah. But even but like, yeah, the her having breakfast at Tiffany's when you actually it's not even ex- a thing. It is. What? What are you talking about? What? That's the opening of the damn movie. Well, okay, but that has nothing to do with anything. It does. It's how she, that's her whole character. Well, but the it's this longing for something that she can't have, and she dresses up in her fancy fur and she eats a biscuit. That's not breakfast. That's just eating a biscuit. And Moon River, the instrumental plays. The the, the introduction of Moon River uh, is also very stark, or shocking. It's just her sitting on a. Um, it's like, oh, well, she can play so. the guitar, and yeah. she can play. And it's like, what what movie is yeah. this turned into? I, I don't want to hear anybody complaining about how little contemporary songs are worked into films. <laughs> yes, that was great. No notes. <laughs> You and, can cut it out and just have her do something else that's charming, and yeah. it, you could still have the rest of the movie. It's yes. fine. It's fine. And George or Greg Propart looks at her and goes, Yeah, Greg. Ah, okay. We'll just call him Greg. Fred. She, she, no, call Greg. Okay. Fred Gred. Fred Gred? Fred Gred. <laughs> He's great in the I'm movie, making, too. I feel we like I'm making be, up medieval we names. We shouldn't be nagging on him too much, <laughs> uh, just like she does. But... Um, no, I love it. Uh, I do acknowledge that it, it uh, yes, the, the racism, uh, I would oh, cut all that out. Yeah. Um, I would I would do things differently. Uh, the ending, even though, against my better judgment, it does not necessarily hold up. I still think that, you know, I get, I'm, I am, I am emotional, I am crying. So there you go. Okay. I want them to find the damn cat. Well, they do find the damn cat. I know. Cat. And then that brings them together. I guess. <laughs> well, did you cry? No. Sorry. Okay. Did you cry when she played Moon River? No. Okay. Do you cry <laughs> emotionally? I, I got to get my tear ducts I checked. cried with Harry Met Sally. I, I cried at the New Englandness of the holdovers. <laughs> I, <laughs> cried at, I cried at when Harry Met Sally, too. Okay. I think... Uh, I, I, <laughs> no, like when Harry Met... I think this is the first time I've seen Harry, when Harry Met Sally since I've been married. We've been oh, married for 15 okay. years. So you rewatched it. So I rewatched... Well, of course. I had to recommend something to you. I just... I can't believe you haven't seen it. Um well, you didn't yeah. have, sometimes you don't rewatch the movies that you recommend. I I, I did rewatch it. Okay. This, because it's been a while and and I I was worried for a moment like is this going to I mean I know it's a like stone cold classic of rom-coms and you, I mean there's no greatest of list without when Harry met Sally. Um Why? Why indeed, Wickham? But why, why, seriously, just... no, I like the movie. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying I dislike it, but why do you think it has resonated that that much? I think, I mean, 
Because it's so it's so straightforward. There are, there are two things about this movie. I, I don't think that it is actually. I think okay, well, I think it's divisive of you know doing different moments in time, having to like sort of. We start with the characters as they're graduating from college and they're driving to their new life in New York. They're driving from Chicago to New York. Yes. I guess they, they've both just graduated from the University of Chicago and, you know, they've both got jobs or, you know, their future is in New York. Yes. So they don't know each other, but I guess she is friends with his girlfriend, girlfriend. and she the girlfriend arranges the ride and she has to take him and they dislike each other from the get-go but of course but that, not in yeah not in, in, not in a not, flirty not, way no and and not in uh, yes yes they dislike each other in a flirty way yes and then we keep fast forwarding you know from one time to the next and so on and i think that device is well done and it's part of the overarching argument people think that the argument in when harry met sally is men and women cannot be friends as, right. as, well, you know, as, his as, line as, as a man and woman who are friends now, I find that to be an awkward point of conversation. I mean, but, but like, this is the debate that everyone remembers. Right. Like, do you agree with Harry and when Harry met Sally when he says men and women can't be friends because the sex thing gets in the way? And it's yeah, like, yeah. The whole point of this movie is you end up marrying your friend. <laughs> right. You know, like, it's that, that ultimately marriage is about friendship more than anything else. Yeah, the sex is the, the, is rest the, of it is the ordeal. falls into play. Yes. For <laughs> the them. rest of it, it is, well, for them, yes, but it doesn't end up ruining anything. It just, no. it's, it's, that that's the thing. If you base this relationship on a friendship basis before anything else, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. And they have, you know, the, it's the older couples played by actors, but I guess it's real stories. They hired actors yeah, to, I don't, to do. I don't, uh, that I mean, felt like something out of the nineties. It was 1989, Wickham. 1989. And I think there were a lot of imitators for this kind of thing. Um, so I think this is a kind of... Is the we don't, we of don't a, realize that this the, was not a cliche at the time. Is that Because little it became one after. Window always like that kind of decade, no matter what it is. Like late 80s is always going to be kind of 90s. Uh, early 2000s is always going to be kind of 90s. Like there should be some sort of weird... It's the long 1990s. There should be some sort of overlap. I think Bill and Ted was late '80s, and that is a very '80s movie. Yes, that's true. Um, but Harry Met Sally feel that. Well, it was also a lot in the shadow of um, Annie Hall too. The idea 70s. of these kind of interview mm. type things. Also true. Yeah. Um, there's one part where he's walking on the sidewalk and he has this inner monologue, and it's just straight out of. You uh, mean in when Harry Met Sally? Yeah, and uh -huh. it just just feels straight out of Annie Hall. Um, and the other big uh, romantic comedy connection you, you, you don't like annie hall woody allen I mean, is a bit cringe yeah i know but I never, i've never liked woody allen so well it's I easy know. to say that now no, i know um, but no I, I know i grew up anyway. with woody allen movies okay. i'm sorry All right. um uh there's a great bit in 22 jump street this is this is not re relevant at all where they make an annie hall reference mm -hmm. annie hall he's cooking lobster with diane keaton yes and then there's another montage where he's cooking lobster with another person and he's not having as much fun and there's a part in 22 <laughs> jump street where jonah hill and channing, lobster. Well, channing tatum break up or they get they're together and then they break up and they're cooking lobster and then he's trying to cook lobster with another guy and it's not the same dynamic <laughs> anyway that's one of my favorite bits of 22 jump street but okay, anyway um Regardless, <laughs> good romantic comedy. Are we going uh, to Red Lobster after we record we're, today? We're going to do a 21, 22 Jump Street. We got to get our Valentine's reservations in order. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, Double shit, date. I need to buy flowers. Oh. Um, no. Uh, oh, the other thing Pillow Talk. Um, Pillow Talk. Cary movie. Grant. No. No. Rock. Oh, Rock okay. Hudson. The other guy. The other guy. Sorry. <laughs> the movie. Your other dude. The movie <clears throat> that makes me retroactively not like uh, All That Heaven Allows. Uh, oh. Because Rock oh. Hudson is super duper charismatic and charming in Pillow Talk. And in All That Heaven Allows, he is uh, the equivalent uh, of a tree stump. He's constrained. It's, you just, anyway. You're a lady. I'm a man. He's 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 simmering. Um, whatever. Uh, <laughs> he's, I have he's, not seen Pillow Talk. Pillow Talk is great. It's him and Doris Day. Doris they have, Day, They have yeah. really great chemistry. But my uh. point in uh, the... The uh, multi, the split screen where they're not together. It's so great. Well, that's Pillow Talk. That's oh, okay, the entire good. movie. Oh, okay. There's a part where they're both in the bathtub and they're talking on the phone. Okay. And they put their feet up. I'm demonstrating it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they put their feet up on the bathroom it's and they the put The Tarantino it, shot. Yes. Yes. But it's them connecting 
over the phone right. with their, their feet. But th- th- this one is great. The, my, the, of course, the best one in when Harry Met Sally is when each the of them is phone. talking. Yes, the yes. two phones. They're like, come he, over. He's and talking they both to say his buddy same. and yeah. she's talking to Carrie Fisher <laughs> and they're, they're both like talking about the same disaster and, and the, the couple is in bed and they're like sharing glances at each other like trying to navigate like. well no the best the best part is when they both say come over for breakfast and, and they're, they're like, like oh <gasps> crap we shouldn't have both said that <laughs> that was that made me yeah. laugh um that was great no it's they're both very charming it is yeah. it is a nice it is a nice thing to watch colleen because yeah the the, the hotness of <clears throat> meg ryan from that period yeah and Billy Crystal from that period. Uh, the only thing I remember Billy Crystal from was he he you know hosted some good Oscars shows. Yeah, and uh, he was, that's he was true. Very, very good in that. Was, in in like he was the, in lots of stuff. In the uh, in like the dumb <sighs> reenactments of. He played a mime in uh, um, um, Spinal Tap. He was the mime. Oh, I forgot that. I yeah, he's that. the mime. <laughs> so I mean, he and Reiner go back. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that's uh, yeah. But I, I hadn't seen, I mean, I know Meg Ryan, you know. Yes. And then she ended up, you know, parlaying this into Sleepless in Seattle. You've right. got mail. Like, this is really what launched her into, like, the rom-com industry of the 1990s. She recently she came out with a, a new rom-com. I guess, with yes. David Duchovny. Really? Of all people, yeah. Huh. And it's like, apparently it's good. I Well, that, that seems about right. Who are the young people doing rom-coms? I mean, we where where are they? Well, there, well there's it, there, Linda rather, Frankenstein coming out. There's what? Linda Frankenstein. That's the Diablo Cody written. Oh, oh. Which that's I like guess a she gothic just, rom-com. Yes, and she, I guess she just said, probably tongue-in-cheek, that this is that takes place in the same universe as Jennifer's body, right. whatever that means. And apparently it's getting about the same reviews. People, oh, people well, are that means in 10 it. years there will be some very you know rave, retroactive um Yeah, but you're asking, like, what is the new generation's romantic comedy? There was comedy? one you, you showed me. And it was like, oh, it's that guy who is like invisible, transparent. I, like, I he. You tell me he's in this shot. I have no idea. Who's oh, in the the the, uh, the guy name? from Top Gun. Yes, uh, yes. He hit him and Sydney Sweeney. Uh, whoever that is. Sydney Sweeney is this hot lady from Euphoria. That's oh, mainly uh, what she is known for. This is just words. They both to me have like impeccable them. bodies, and the I whole guess. movie is them. Uh, being having impeccable. hot bodies it, it, essentially together. like the the poster like, is then what is it called like I never don't know. never for you or not I, you but me or it has some title, <laughs> title like that. better the, you than me better you than me and the and the tr- the poster is them scantily clad touching each other so that that's not a rom-com poster i mean it is a rom-com movie no but that's um, not how but you do to this. his credit this guy that we can't remember his name and he he is ephemeral yeah, he yeah. is in this Mr. Ephemeral. He is he is a co-writer and major star of this new Linklater movie that everyone loves. And he oh, co-wrote it with Linklater. He did? And apparently he's it's exceptional. He's, in and it? he's very he's the lead. He is the main guy. And apparently that is a fantastic movie. Huh. Hit uh hit man. Ah, huh. okay. Yes. So, so he he has more multitudes than just hot Will body. Will I be guy able and, to see him? Yes, if frame. he is the lead of the film, I that think that doesn't matter. <laughs> he could be in every frame, and I'm just like, is there somebody here? But that Who was, am I you're supposed right. to be watching? That was a theatrical rom com that I think was just selling was, on how it, hot it was they in are. theaters. Yeah, it was in Turkey, and yeah, it was. It's it's, it's a movie. <laughs> it's, it's a real movie. <laughs> I refuse and it, it to had believe a, it. It had a long run in theaters because people were like, people watched it and went, they they they're really hot, and so they would tell other people to watch well, it. So was Emma Stone. Um, and poor things. things. Sure. I mean, let's not. That's a little. That's, what are you talking about? It's it's a more refined taste. Yes, let's say. <laughs> but um, no, you don't sell a rom com by like it's two young people and they're hot together. Well, that is what this particular one is selling. But you no, were you asking can't, for a recent example. I know, which, but, but I mean, but this that's is not the, what Harry Met Sally is. No, 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 no. no. And that's not what a rom com is supposed to be. Like, it's, what it's is a rom com? It's supposed to be, be more cerebral. Like, like there is some sort of like Colleen, internal sex blockage sells. that needs. Bikinis sell not to old people. <laughs> well, that well, that's not what they're marketing to. I target guess not. demographic. No, but I'm. Well, of course, what, who was the target demographic for when Harry met Sally? Well, that's an interesting point. I don't know. I mean, who are rom coms for? I mean, I feel like this should be the staple genre of the AARP movie for, movies for grown ups. Like, should sweep those awards. Like, Whoa. whoever this Mister Ephemera is not gonna <laughs> sweep the AARP awards. So where are George we as a Papard. culture? George, bring back George, Greg. Fred George, Greg. Fred. 
<laughs> Where are you when we need you? Because um, you can hardly bring back see, Rock can, Hudson. Can, bring back Cary Grant. Okay, so you can actually see Rock Hudson when he's, he's oh, yeah. on this. You can't see George Papard either. That's another peak hotness example, I think. Who, I think the Rock peak Hot, pillow talk. Oh yeah, Doris okay. Day and Rock Hudson. All right, I, I believe uh, it. Yeah, um, Cary Here, Grant. And now, stuff. when Harry met Sally, speaking of peak hotness, yes. Would you say that as an example? I think that's no. With Meg Ryan, she's fantastic. She yes. ha- she she navigates this this coming of age bit mm-hmm. with her character, yes. and that's not the point so much. But, but we she, have to see it. The five she, years you can tell, yeah, well, when it the, cuts it's, around. It's more like twelve years, I think, in total, yeah. right? I mean, so they're twenty two, let's say twenty two, twenty three when they graduate, and then like five years later, she's like twenty six, twenty seven, late twenties. She's with some other guy, and then another five years later, they're in their early thirties, and that's sort of when like most of the action is happening. She herself at the time is, I think, 28 when the movie comes out. So it's it's like we talked about with J-Lo in, um, in Out of Sight, yeah. right? She is on the late 20s, yeah. but having to play like five years older. And Meg Ryan nails it better than J-Lo, I have to say. I think she ages up very convincingly, but she still looks a little too fresh-faced. Um, peak is probably um, Sleepless in Seattle couple years later is billy crystal more in that vein billy crystal is 41 when this movie comes out so oh, there's wow. a giant oh, age gap there's a giant age gap he, he looks the two he actors. looks convincingly like a schlubby college he student. does i mean you can sort of see the makeup at yeah. least in the version i said like oh they had to light him just the right way to get this tour but, it's I also mean, he, his expression on his face He's yes, got kind of yes, a yes. slack no, he, he plays it really well yeah. but he is actually playing younger than himself in all of these stages so they're meeting too far in the middle for Billy Crystal. <laughs> and and she's, you know, she's good at doing older, but she's too young. So I'm going to say no, not okay. Peacockness. Okay. For that, I mean, hers is later. But the, but later. it was very Maybe nice even to you've see. You've Got Mail, which is not a great movie. Um, it's We were talking about this yesterday. It's a nice time capsule of like America Online, like yeah. early internet culture of the late 90s. Like it's explaining the internet to your parents if you are a teenager. That's what that movie <laughs> basically is helping you do. Um, but anyways, I think that that's closer to what Peacottness is trying to achieve. Okay. And Before Sunset. And Before Sunset. Um, uh, so we have a, we have a yeah. studio note here. Um, we do the ephemeral guy's name. Oh, is Glenn Powell? I'm sorry, what? Glenn Powell. Okay, Glib Power. Glib yes. Glib Poor, <laughs> and the movie is called Anyone But You. So I'm pretty sure better the... you than me. <laughs> so he's fine. I, I, um, I guess he might if, be ephemeral. That's your thing. Uh, to some <laughs> people. <laughs> um, but I, I'm very genuinely looking forward to this Hitman movie. Yes, well, I'm excited. I mean, Linklater, Linklater's got a new one. Uh, Jarmusch is working on a new one. We saw still with Glenn from, Powell. Maybe I, all I saw in the shot was Vicky Creeps and Kate Blanchett. Okay, well, that's all you need. That's that, all you need right I, I need nothing yeah, else. Yeah. This is going to be a banner year for movies, everybody. <laughs> Just because of those two. Yes, um, in a Jim Jarmusch venture. Yes, Chef's Kiss. No notes. So I, I think what I found very fascinating about Harry Met Sally is I could see all the cliches it wrote. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, the, the New York stuff, um, like I was thinking of Elf. Uh, the new, the, the, <laughs> I don't think it wrote New York cliches. That was around for a long time. Where's Breakfast at Tiffany set it? New York, right? Yes. Yeah, go. okay. Ha. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, there's, Tiffany's is an international brand. Isn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, but then there's that. Then there's the whole New Year's kiss thing and the ball oh, yeah. dropping. And yeah. then you got the George Marshall New Year's Day movie. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 And then and he's running through the streets of New York in his schlubby house clothes. Um, right. And she starts ugly crying. Oh, the ugly crying. I want to oh. say that is that is a that's a tough that's a tough thing. Yep. And Meg Ryan pulls that off. Yep. And the thing that uh, the woman I collaborated with when we made the projection of patriarchy and I agree with is she says, he's married to a paralegal. And her name is Kimberly. And it's the it's the line read of Kimberly and her throwing the, <laughs> the tissue, tissue on the ground. Uh, it's like, it's really good. It's really, it's really classy. And the ugly crying thing in general, like uh, um, I mentioned 
before Mary Tyler Moore mm-hmm. pioneered that and okay. Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. No actual tears, but just the sort of it's <laughs> the where you're, you're. It's sort of a comical portrayal of crying that you can still understand the yes. vulnerability of yes. the character. Yes, but also see the funny side of it. Right, you can yeah. be totally with her in her feelings, and yet yes, and Meg Ryan does great, great yep. job. And yep. Billy Crystal is very nice and dry. I like him saying, "I'm into death." <laughs> <laughs> Who did that remind me of? I don't know. Very I, 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 I read the ending of I, the book so that if I, I die, I know how it ends. Um, but just that kind of edgy college student thing. <laughs> I, know, I love how like the five years later, I was like, did I really say that? When did I say that? Like, so it's, it is about them like revising their previous thoughts about but then he all does of these it later things. in the movie he does, he does. Do it, i mean yeah. i mean essentially like it also kind of suggests like we we really are just the same people always sometimes yeah. just more so later in life without the affectations of youth we understand our yeah the the issues with how who we are yes yeah, yeah. yes and we can accept it and then we can accept it in others i think that's that's also the growth right you know when you know like she's taking 10 minutes to order her sandwich and he's rolling his eyes out of his head and eventually he's just like you know what that's who you are it's and his yep. his his breakdown of who she is is very very sweet it's very sweet and i and i i cried I, yeah. well not not an ugly cry <laughs> it was a it was a you There's know a no few camera, tears I mean. but it was a very it's one of those great bits of writing yes. that is just very yes. sweet yep it's like that song your perfect imperfections whatever the name of that song is it's it's a, it's a reflection of it, loving someone for who they are, yes. and that's I, very nice. Can I can I give you a very innocuous observation about my uh, life partner? Sure. Uh, that we can exchange them. I thought. Crank so, two. No. Oh, okay. Well, that that was very lovely. Yes. Um, a highlight of Crank Two is watching my husband watch Crank Two. Yes. Um, we a have good romantic. Episode. We have an episode about that. Yes. No, but so Curb Your Enthusiasm is coming out with its last season. Yes. And I, I'm sad about the last season, but I'll tell you, I am not even following when it's coming because I will know when Curb Your Enthusiasm is available because my husband will find it and start watching it, and he will laugh in a very particular way that he only laughs at for Curb Your Enthusiasm. He laughs that way for nothing else. What, I, I know you... I'm in the other room and I hear him laughing. Oh, Curb is on. And I go in and there's Larry David on the screen. Like it's just, it's. Is it just like a more pronounced laugh? I can't even explain to you what it is. If there is something that he vibes with so strongly, it, it's like it overtakes him. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's sweet. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So I, this is why I don't follow Curb Your Enthusiasm. I watch my husband. Like, Watch, like in the wild, busy. you know, with, with binoculars, binoculars <laughs> and a recording device. <laughs> Day three. Day three. Yes. We're on episode 10. That's that Larry sweet. David still hasn't figured out how to deal with people. I, um, I'm trying to think of a counterexample about my lovely <laughs> wife. <laughs> I already, I already blew my Audrey Hepburn connection. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, she's great. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, I'm very, I'm very, very lucky. Um, she is a, she is a super, super woman, and uh, and our children and everything else, etc. Do Do you watch romantic movies on Valentine's Day? With do, you, do you celebrate Valentine's Day? Oh yeah, we do okay. celebrate it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you do? Um, I buy, I buy her some nice flowers. And um, we discuss our connection with mm-hmm. each other oh. in various ways. Oh, you actually should talk we get, about should it. Should we get into this? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get some wine. Oh, you know. okay. Yeah. Nothing too, nothing too. Because I think we can both acknowledge the, you know, the greeting card nature of Valentine's Day to a certain extent. We yeah. Can, we can all cynically observe that. But it is nice to have an excuse to... Um, to reaffirm re- these 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 love feelings. That's very sweet. I'm trying to think of like if there was like a full on romantic movie we ever watched together on Valentine's Day. Do you all ever do that? Do you uh, all watch like a? I mean, we used to watch a lot of movies. I don't know that we would specifically like on to... Valentine's Day. Yeah, I can't no, I don't. Think. No, I don't think so. Because unfortunately, life gets in the way. I, I can propose Crank too. I, I, I bet he'd accept. <laughs> That's so romantic. <laughs> Jason Statham setting people on fire. Well, there you go. Um. We might do that this year. I don't know. Crank two? No, <laughs> romantic film. Um, it is. It is nice now having you know a partner in life to watch romantic movies with them or without them and and reflect on 
that connection more so than when you're a sad, lonely <laughs> college student. Not that oh. I would know from experience or anything, oh. but um, no. why would you? Now why would I? No. Um, but you know, you you find you know you if I watch Harry Met Sally like you were saying before you were married or whatever, it's it has a completely different. Yes, it, it's effect. about yeah. Looking back on that with your own experience, it, it hits different. Yeah, it really does, and in a good way. Yes, Breakfast at Tiffany's too. Um, you know, Lev wasn't all going to Brazil. <laughs> I ran. Yeah. I tried to watch past cold. lives with my husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it sort of got, it was a bit slow to get, to pick up into the actual sort of triangulation of it. Uh, not a full triangle, obviously, but, you know, to, to give her this like juxtaposition of current life and the past life. I mean, it was sort of a lot of her talking to this guy in Korea, but it's a similar device in past lives where, you know, it's, except it's them as children, like actual like 10 year old, 12 year old children in the first bit. And then this reconnection online after, you know, a decade after she immigrated with her family. And so there's a lot of this like potential for romance, I guess. It's like, that's certainly what the film is sort of selling yeah. us. And then that breaks off and we see her connecting with the man who would become her husband. And so that, and then 10 years later, there's another connection and all these things. So he gave up on the movie <laughs> when it was all this internet stuff and I fell asleep and then I had to go back to it the next day. It's a romantic story <laughs> for the ages. Uh, yeah, watching movies past 40 is a, a different sort of vibe. <laughs> in general. You're lucky if you get to finish anything. But I, I watched uh, Harry Met Sally first thing in the morning. I watched it at like six in the morning yeah. yesterday. And yeah. I was just like, ah, ah. my day is, is good. It does set you on a nice tone. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good morning movie. It's a, good, it's a very modest little thing. That's why I was sort of wondering why it was so celebrated well, but that's but this is the thing okay so we talked about mancini and we used to be a proper country when harry met sally budget estimated budget 16 million dollars box office intake 93 million dollars where are these movies bring uh, back the. i have an look example up, for up, you look up mr glenn ephemera. powell and yes, glenn anyone powers. but you glib powers what was the budget on that <laughs> well i happen to know <laughs> The Just look this up. Anyone but you has made a lot of money. Better you than me. <laughs> that's the sequel. That's that, that, that's it's the rom com. Can I show you the poster 40? of this? So Just be like, you... you go, you go right ahead. I'm going to be home making myself a salad. Okay, this they have a more <laughs> modest poster. There's one like saucy poster, and then there's a modest. See, poster. See, this is how they try to like pull in yeah. the youths, and they pull yeah. in the AARP movies for grown-ups. She's like crowd. touching his touching his abs. I just don't abs. buy it. I don't so its know. budget was twenty-five million. It 20. has grossed uh, uh, only in the U.S. so far seventy-six million. Okay, and gross worldwide one hundred and fifty-two million. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's doing it's that's doing, pretty doing well. great. Yeah, that's and that's a comparable budget. Listen yeah. to this, producers. Take note. Don't cast that guy. But but <laughs> he's fine. What you, is he? He's fine. Okay. I, I think he's an unproven entity in our collective just, movie knowledge. He has but proven he's fine. himself. Apparently, he's got a filmography. I'm telling you, it's like he's in it's uh, like he's in that other water. Linklater movie. Um, it is like looking through water. The the, the other Linklater movie. Um, the, Everybody ev wants. Yeah, some? he's one of the guys. He's in one that. of the exclamation points. He's one in of that the movie. ephemeral people in that. <laughs> Glenn, we I, I I am not as down on you. You weren't necessarily the best thing about Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> but you were fine. Either. You were fine. You're you will be good in that Hitman movie. I'm excited. Oh, for that. Top Gun Maverick is on Netflix now. Just go watch Godzilla minus one. That's that's the answer Colleen, out there. Godzilla can't, minus you one. You can't have this weird Godzilla cross pollination. I know it's all in our heads, but we're talking about romantic comedies here. God's, Top Gun Maverick is a bad example of is, romantic comedy. Somebody is romancing the dinosaur. Um, <laughs> I'd watch that. Watch that movie. <laughs> Sounds good. Isn't that what the Kong one is about? You said it's about a new life. That do they? It's not about Godzilla hooking up with Kong. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> I think they're both guys. Well, not that so that makes what? a difference. Yeah, no, it doesn't. How would that? How would we see that in action? Um, uh, ooh, that's yeah, that's that's that's, a, that's an effect nomination made. right there. That's been made. I'm sure. I'm has. sure that's been made. I'm sure that's a whole subgenre. What am I looking up? I mean... I'm just looking at the anyone but you IMDb. I'm distracted. Um, anyway, this is not an anyone but you podcast. We haven't watched this movie. You should watch the trailer and you'll see exactly what I mean. It's just like, 
it's just it, it's it's like and they're like snarky it's like oh it's a mean spirit it's like a destination wedding like they're both oh. hate each other well, <laughs> see, that's, but that's that's also like again like you can see this in when harry met sally but no like that's it's it's just i don't know there, there's something else there's a sweetness there. yes there is something else in there that they support each like, other as nora efron gets it yeah and she puts it into that writing and i, I like no one else does it the way she does that way she did. Yeah. We lost her too soon, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to, to, to witness that. I'm glad you finally watched Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Woo. Could you remake Breakfast at Tiffany's today? Yeah. That would be an interesting I, I sort of secret remake. I'm going to do that. You should. Um, you can no cast, more you can cast racism. Glenn Powers. <laughs> Glenn that, Power. He'd actually make a really great version George of Gigolo. Peppered. Yeah. Um yeah. and who would be, that would be Audrey perfect. Hepburn? Oh god. Who would That's you tough. who would you curse? Holy mackerel. With incarnating a role from Audrey Hepburn. Oh, that would be I think that Emma would Stone. Be, that, <laughs> just on this poor thing's train. Uh, she is very charming. Yeah. Uh, but not in the same way that she Audrey can convey multitude. No, she's not in the same way, no. But you won't you won't get the same. You won't get the same. That's get the I mean same. anything with a remake. How do you bring that into the present? Because also the, you know, so annulled marriage to, to a 14 year old also is not flying oh, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's raising eyebrows in 61 and that's yeah, like yeah, flat yeah, out yeah. illegal. Absolutely no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> yep. Uh, not in our movie. Nope. I no think that would be a, for you. It's an impossible task to do a spur of the moment. I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, Where, who well, would play it, Audrey Hepburn? Yeah. I have no idea. Hmm. That's, I, 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 I must not. It's a good Emma Stone could do it. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll ruminate on that. Okay, you ruminate. Okay. Do you want to take us out? No, you can. Because I have special things. You, oh, do you? Yes. Oh, oh, okay. You're teasing that. All right, that is <laughs> our episode. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Yes. Uh, go enjoy your When Harry Met Sally, Breakfast at Tiffany's, or Crank 2, however you want to play it. You <laughs> or me- anyone but you. Or- <laughs> With <laughs> Glenn Poole. <laughs> I like messing up his name. You Made Me Watch That is a production of the Department of Communication and Design at Beale Kent University. You can support the podcast by subscribing with your favorite audio app and by following the Beale Kent Cinema Society on Instagram at Beale Kent Cinema. The new films are coming. Please catch up with all of the offerings on Instagram. Our cover art was designed by Denis Vadi Tungur. Our weekly thumbnails are designed by Tyler Knuckle. Our theme music was composed by Dazia Zavsky. Check out more of his music on Spotify or wherever you get your fine audio. This episode was recorded by Batuhan Boldu, edited by Tyler Knuckle, and produced by Tyler Knuckle and the Bilkent Cinema Society with extra Teshekulaj to our tech wrangler, Ozjan Akar. So you have some special thanks for us. With yes, you. a weird movie, hmm. um, but I appreciated its existence. Um, <clears throat> There is a movie directed by the creator and director of Wet Hot American Summer ah. called uh, by the name of David Wayne. Now you have my attention. He made a parody romantic comedy. Of course he did. With Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. Oh, man. Called They Came Together. <laughs> <laughs> so it's already selling itself. Um, <clears throat> and it's sort of a delightful uh parody of that that kind of uh sleepless in seattle that mm-hmm. that kind of era but also yeah. just generally the tropes of the genre it's not as good as it sounds i should say it does have a lot of david wayne's people in it bill hader shows up oh. and all, a lot of the people from white hot american summer show up um it it has his kind of weird absurdist you know slightly off kilter sense of humor and it's 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 nice that there is this weird parody of romantic comedies called They Came Together. And I just wanted to acknowledge what, what its existence. What year is that? Um, when, when did it come out? Um, 2014. Oh. Um, and so it's not it's not like another Wet Hot American Summer. It kind of came and went and people were like, yeah, it's it's fun. Um, but as someone who likes David Wayne's style, I think it's a, it's a fun one. All right. All right. Thank you, Wickham. Thank you. <laughs>